You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, we are so glad to see each and every one of you. We're glad you're here. Praise the Lord. We believe for good things. And uh, I guess we are recording this so that, you know, if Greg wants to, he can put it on on uh, you know, on our YouTube and, and on our website and stuff. It just won't be on any Facebook thing, but that's okay. God's good, amen? So we're glad that all of you are here. We're gonna just have a great time tonight, amen? Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12. And uh, we're gonna share some things. My title tonight is basically Our Prayers. And uh, it's about our prayers. They avail, they avail much, but our prayers, things that we pray and we do, that uh, cause good things to take place. You know, many times you can get weary in well-doing, especially in the area of prayer and talking to God and thinking, well, I've already prayed about that. I've already talked to him about that. He doesn't want to hear me again. And uh, <laughs> But uh, the wonderful thing about our Lord is he loves to hear us. He loves to hear us talk to him. And he loves to hear us come before him, you know. And um, we need to realize some things about this. And this this particular passage of scripture is um it's really cool because this is with the prophet samuel and we're going to read him start beginning at verse 20 and he said and samuel said unto the people fear not you have done all this wickedness isn't that amazing it sounds like where we're at today but the prophet of god says hey fear not you've done all this wickedness yet turn not aside from following the lord but serve the lord with all your heart And turn ye not aside, for then should you go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. Talking about false gods, false things, and idols. Then he says, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great name's sake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. He says, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, you shall be consumed, both you and your king. (laughs) You know, in the one verse when it talks about there, he said, but woe is me. God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Because that's what the prophet of God, their heart was to pray. They were an intercession for the whole nation. You know, God's called us to intercede for our nation. And God's called us to intercede for the world. God's called us to intercede for the lost. Amen. You know, the wonderful thing, if you can understand that prayer can do anything that God can do. Prayer can do anything that God can do because you're praying and asking God to do what he already said he would do. You know, prayer is taking hold of the word of God, understanding that it's the will of God. And uh, prayer can do anything that God can do. And so, you know, and the aim of real prayer and the desire of real prayer is to get the thing you prayed for. Amen. We, we get discouraged because many times, you know, our prayers go unanswered in some things. But if we'd actually look around and look and pray correctly concerning what the word of God says, uh, it, it actually will help us. You know, sometimes I think it'd be really cool to, you know, teach on the nine kinds of prayer and really do a whole synopsis on it and do some things so we understand the rules that govern every one of those and understand how to receive, you know, from the Lord. It'd be a blessing. Sometimes we don't have the time to do all that. That's why we're doing some other things too. But uh, 
you know, over in uh, Matthew chapter 7, if you turn over to Matthew chapter 7, <clears throat> you know, I, I like what Jesus says. And, I, and I, I always remind myself many times when things don't look like they're going the right direction or if it looks like things aren't being answered as fast as I think they should be. How many of you know you just go back and strengthen your faith and you just go back and believe what the word of God says? Because in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he said, ask and it shall be given you. And these, in my Bible, they're in red. You know, so the object of asking is to receive. Amen. He said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Amen. And knock and it shall be opened unto you. So, you know, the aim of seeking is finding the purpose of knocking is to get in. So I want to receive, amen, I want to find it, and I want to get in, amen. So there are things that we really need to understand. But I, I want to share something with you too, because when we talk about our prayers, because I want to talk about there's some prayers in the Bible we can pray for ourselves that we need to, and we're going to get into that. But the, in the Pentecostal circles back in the day, they used to say a little phrase like this, you need to pray it down, you need to pray it out, and you need to pray it through. Okay, so what that simply means, you need to find in the word of God what God wants to do and then you pray it down, get it down, you know it's the will of God, all right, hallelujah, and then you want to pray it out so you get, not only do you know it's the will of God, you want to get the timing of God and you want to get the way of God, amen, and then the other thing is, is that you want to pray it through because you want to get the full corn in the ear, you just don't want to taste a little bit, you want to get a full harvest, Amen. You just don't want to get one fruit. You want to get 30, 60, and 100. You want to get it. So you want to pray. And many times we start all this stuff, but we never finish it. And you know why? We're like Peter. Peter's in the boat. Jesus is walking on the water. And what happens is, is that, uh, you know, Jesus says, don't be afraid. It's I. They thought it was a ghost. And the Bible says Jesus is going to pass them by. But Peter said, hey, if it's you, Lord, let me come. Bid me to come out there. He said, come. That's all he said, come. Peter jumps out of the boat and he walks on the water. Amen. His miracle starts. It's a miracle what he's doing. It's a great thing. But then what happens to Peter? His miracle doesn't get fulfilled. He doesn't get an attaboy. Because why? Because he takes his eyes off the Lord. He takes his eyes off of the promises of the word of God. He takes his eyes off of, of what God's word says. And he starts feeling the wind and the waves. He starts looking at the wind and the waves. And he begins to sink. And then Jesus immediately picks him up, puts them both. And then he basically says, you know, where's your faith? How, why did you doubt? Why, did you, why couldn't you do this, you know? And uh, we see these things. And that's what happens in our prayer lives all the time is that we pray. We get excited. We start our miracle of receiving but then, because it seems to be delayed, because we haven't prayed it down and prayed it through and pray it out, okay? Or pray it out, you know, get those things there, really getting down. You know, you, basically, you pray it down, pray it out, and pray it through. Because praying it out means you're going to get and get the things of how to do the things, get the timing of God. Because God speaks to us all the time, and it may not be the right timing, but when it is the timing of God, and you know it's time, you got to act on it. Amen? God wants, because there's a harvest that he wants to get to you. There's a harvest that he wants to get to you. Hallelujah. And of course, you know, we all know that faith is a great component. In fact, faith is really, really vitally important when it comes to prayer. Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because number one, you got to believe that he is, and you got to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen? Which simply means if you're going to pray and ask God for it, you got to believe that he actually can do it, will do it, and, you know, for you. 
See, because you know, your faith and even in your prayer doesn't start what God can do. It starts what God will do. And you got to have faith begins where the will of God is known. Okay? Faith begins where the will of God is known, not the ability of God. Thank you all. Got your hint. Now that I have your attention. Hallelujah. Those of you going to watch this, we get your attention too. Because in prayer, we have a tendency not to want to pray. We have a tendency not to think that our prayers do anything and, uh, and because we're not understanding what does it mean. See, prayer and the word prayer in the Bible talks about that we're going to come face to face with God. When you come face to face with God, you see all your insecurities, you see all your lack, you see all of your insufficiencies, you see every ugly thing about you because God's holy. God's awesome. Amen. I mean, God's got some great things in store. Hallelujah. You know, and uh, the wonderful thing about it is that God never disappoints and God's never late. Amen. God's never late. You remember, even in the, if you understand with, with it's the story of Daniel, you know, Daniel set himself to pray because he read in the book of Jeremiah that they were supposed to be delivered. He said, Jeremiah said, after 70 years, we're supposed to be delivered. Why aren't we delivered? So Daniel didn't get up and start yelling at God, saying, God, you, you, you didn't do what the prophet said. You didn't do what he's doing. No, Daniel set himself to pray and said, all right, God, here's what we need. And what was the first thing that Daniel said in his prayer? God, forgive us because we've sinned against you. We repent. I repent for our nation. What did Samuel say? Listen, just because you're doing wickedly, just because you guys are a bunch of idiots, how about let's come back and serve God? He still loves you. I mean, that's what he's crying out. And he says, I can't. I'm not going to go against God. I'm going to still continually pray for you. I'm going to do this. Well, Daniel began to set himself to pray. But you remember 21 days later, what did the angel, what was the first thing the angel said to Daniel? He said, listen, I heard you. Your words were heard the day you spoke it, 21 days ago. But he said, the prince of Persia, talking about the enemy and the devil, and they withstood me 21 days to get here to give you an answer. Now, thank God Jesus defeated the enemy and he opened up the heavens for you and I. He made a, you know, Colossians said that he made a show of him, opening, triumphing over him. He got the keys of death and hell and, and, and took him up there. Glory to God. And he gave us authority that we can take authority that we don't have to wait 21 days. But there's still a spiritual battle. Because the minute that you pray, the minute that you believe God for something, or the minute that you're praying about things, the enemy hears, oh, that's what you want? Well, I'm going to come again. I'm going to distract you. Because you just began to start your miracle. You began to start your answer. You begin to grab a hold of it. Because when you ask, you receive. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, when you pray, believe that you receive these things. Amen? That's what it says, believe. So you got to believe that you receive them when you pray. Amen? Remember it says, you know, what things have you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them. And what's the next phrase? And you shall have them. So you got to believe that you receive what God says and what the word of God says and you stand fast till you see it manifest but you pray it down because that's what God said. The promises of God is what God says he's going to do and then you pray it out so you get the timing and the plan of God and then you just pray it through until. Until what? Till you can taste and see that the Lord is good. It's kind of like I always say this. You keep speaking your faith till your faith can speak for itself. Or you keep speaking the vision till the vision can stand on its own. Amen? 
you know, uh, the wonderful thing about it is, number one thing about prayer, and here's the thing too, here's where I think we all miss it in a lot of ways. Most people go to God for things, they're going God for God to answer prayer, and this person, do you know that prayer's number one purpose is for you to have fellowship with God? And if you do that first, then you'll find out God is not withholding anything. He is wanting to just unload everything on you. Charles Finney said it like this and uh, in, in, in his book, Prevailing Prayer and stuff. He said it like this. He said, if we would imagine that what's above us is like the Pacific or the Atlantic Ocean that's all above us and God's waiting for us to poke a hole in it. So that it can just flood us and totally engulf us. And, and, and so that his blessings, his things. He said, that's what, he said, that's what God is. You, you, you're not praying to get God to do anything. God is, is, is inspiring you. God is, is bringing things. God has enlightened you because he wants to do something in your life. He wants to bring this word to power. Now, every word of God has to have a day of fulfillment. And when you see the word of God, God wants to bring that to your life. He wants to bring that. He wants you to to prosper. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to proclaim the goodness of God, the power. He wants you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. He wants you to proclaim words. He wants you to speak words of life. He wants you to declare that this is the year of the Lord. God desires that we stand up and we believe what his word says. He wants that. He desires that. Amen. See, 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 faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's real cool. But if you don't water it with prayer and fellowship with God, your faith's going to be weak. Amen. See, if you pray without faith, your prayers aren't going to work. But if you have faith without prayer, your faith ain't going to work. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Why? Because when you're strong in faith, you have believing in God's word, so you're believing in a person. Do you remember what Paul said in First Corinthians, or not First Timothy, chapter one? I think he said this. He said, "I know in whom I believe, not what." So it doesn't matter how much knowledge you have. People have so much knowledge, and they, and they believe in what they know. Man, I'm so glad I believe in who I know. Paul said it like this, I know in whom I believe and I believe and he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. God's able. I know that Jesus is the one behind this, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, he's behind and his word cannot fail. It cannot fail. Because my faith, excuse me, that's when you talk and you swallow at the same time. Not good. <clears throat> but anyways. And I have to watch that too. I did that one day at church and lost my breath for about 45 seconds. And that was intense. Because I was trying to talk and drink at the same time. That's not good either. <laughs> yes, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Because your faith, based on the word of God... And when we know that prayer is absolutely dependent upon faith, but faith is actually dependent upon prayer because you know who's backing it. We've got God's word. This is God's word. God's backing of his word. God's got this. Amen? <clears throat> and here's the thing about it is, is that, remember I said the very first thing about prayer, and this is the biggest thing. If you get anything, this is what I want you to get tonight. 
I mean, we can talk about a lot of things, but this is the biggest thing, is that God's number one desire for prayer is that we actually fellowship with him. It's a face-to-face with God. It's a surrender of our life in exchange for his. Amen. In exchange for his amazing grace, his love, his joy, his peace. Amen. You know, if you've never just gone around the throne and said, you know, just just pray and have fellowship, and then God says, well, what do you want? He said, I don't want anything. I just want to have fellowship with you. I just want to spend some time in your presence. I mean, isn't it nice if your kids actually come and sit and talk to you, and they don't have an angle, they don't, they're not looking for something, they don't need money, need you to fix something, that they actually came by just to say hi, and you're like, dude, I don't know what to do here. You know, why are you here? I just want to come by and say hi. I said, no, you're lying. There's an angle here. We know you want something, you know, but it's so nice. Hey, no, I just wanted to come by and say hi. I just wanted to I say, well, then glory be, there is a God. <clears throat> See, and that's what makes, that's what you, somebody says, hey, let's pray. You say, oh, let's do this. Let's get into, let's do this, you know, because that's the heart of the father. You know, that's the heart of the farm. That's what simply happens. And, and uh, you know, when we look at things, and here's the thing that really, you know, just, let's get down to the brass. Why don't people really have this great relationship? Why don't people have this great, vibrant prayer life? Because the real deal of having a great prayer life is you got to live right. Thank you for your overwhelming response. It's truth. It's truth. Because when you get to pray in a fellowship with God, he always works on you. Remember I said you get in to get in and see God and you see things and, and then you get to see all your ugliness. But then thank God he just molds you and makes you and he says, hey, that's okay because thank God for this. Here's what it is. But, you know, it's always our, our inner things that mess us all up. It doesn't matter how pretty you look on the outside. It's, it's, God's talking about your inside living and your inside love and your inside, thing, which is how you relate with God and what's going on. And God wants to heal you first. He wants to make sure that you and his relationship is really good. I thought I turned my phone off. I don't know who's texting me at this time, but that's okay. Obviously, somebody that's not here that we don't need to be. Amen. Hallelujah. It is what it is. See, all of us do those things. Hallelujah. Because here's the thing about it. Prayer will compel you to either be for God or against them. And believe it or not, when you pray for people and you pray for nations, what we're praying for them to be for God, and what happens, prayer will either get them to be for God or if they're not going to, they'll actually get worse. And you say, my prayers aren't looking like I'm about to get. No, your prayers are working. See, we don't want to, nobody likes to say those things, but listen, how many of you know there's a bunch of ungodly people in the world that aren't going to make it, and you don't want to say those things, you want to, because God, Jesus died for everybody, you want everybody to, to do this, but listen, you know, I used to think, gosh, Lord, I'm praying about this, and things are just getting crazier, he said, your prayers are working, I said, really, he said, oh yeah, he said, your prayers either make people come to me or they make people co- rebel from me. There's, there's only one or two things that they'll do. He said, and, and they, when the heat is on, here's what's, ha- here's what's taking place. I thought, okay, Lord, I'm just going to keep praying and believe in you because this is what you said to do. We're going to do this. And when you do that, you see what God's, God's doing, what God's handling. Because God wants us. You know, God's given us this, such a great invitation. Amen? He has. 
We look at these things and we say, well, there's got to be a catch to this. Ask and it shall be given. Ask and it shall be given. doesn't say, okay, what do I have to do? You have to ask. <laughs> now, James tells us that we need to ask in faith. Because if we don't ask in faith, we're going to waver. We're not going to receive. Amen. So he, he kind of clarifies a few things there. But he says, if you'll seek, you will find. So it means that, listen, God's not playing hide and seek. Well, what does Jeremiah 33, 3 say? You know, that's our, you know, God's phone number. Call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, the Amplified Bible says this, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know, do not distinguish and recognize and have no knowledge of or understand. And the thing about it is, he's got those hidden for you, not from you. Can you understand that? God's not hiding things. God's, God's just unveiled. He's given us all of these things here, you know, and he's saying, hey, I've got all this stuff for you. Amen. And, and what we have to do is we have to continue. Like I said, it comes to the old Pentecostal thing. We've got to, you know, pray it down, pray it out, pray it through till it becomes something we know what it is. And here's the thing, too. The bigger the work of God or the bigger thing that you're, you're standing for, then you just got to stand. You know, it just takes more prayer in it. You know, if, you, if you've read any kind of prayer books about these guys, you know, I mean, I read all the different prayer warriors of, of the past and we have all their books and I read them all. And every time I read them, I just get so condemned. Just beats the snot out of me. I'm like, I am such a sinner. I just can't even, I mean, here it is. Because they're like, I've got so much to do. I'm going to have to get up four hours early and pray for eight hours in order to get what I need to get done. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't quite done that yet. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I pray a lot. I pray all the time. I pray every day. I pray. But man, I look at that and go, wow. I, I just haven't, I keep saying, I'm going to keep tapping in. I'm going to keep tapping in. I'm going to, I'm going to keep tapping into this. You know, these guys had, they, they knew something or they got a hold of, but God, you know, that was their ministry of what they did and what they, but I just thought, wow, you know, we look at things. And and here's something to you. How many know so many people are always trying to get into the presence of God? They're always trying to get into it. Listen, the minute that you open your mouth to pray, you're in his presence. Okay? Whether you feel like it or not. Now, there's more other times where you feel more anointed and less anointed and all this, where you just sense there's tangible anointings. I understand all that. But listen. God said that when you seek, you find, amen, or when you ask, you're going to receive. He said, if you knock, it's going to be open. The minute that you come to the Father in the name of Jesus, he said, I am there. His presence is there. Why? Because you've just asked an audience with the king and it's there. The minute that you pray, glory to God, that is when you're in the presence of God. And he said, wherever his presence is, is salvation, it's healing, it's everything you need is in the presence of God. We get a hold of it, and it changes everything for us. Amen? That, that's one of the biggest joys that we have. I mean, that's why, I mean, it used to just amaze me. I remember just thinking, God, the creator of the universe, said I could come into his presence. You know? 
Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. means that we can just come in anytime. We can come into his presence. That God, the creator of the universe, the one that holds everything in his hand, he said, I want you to come and let's have fellowship. Let's talk. Let's reason together. Let's talk together. Let's get this thing so that you can do my will in the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. And isn't it amazing that God always sought for a man? Isn't that funny? You know, Ezekiel said, you know, the reason that Israel was not delivered. Why? Because there was no man standing in the gap. There was no intercessor. Because God sought for a man. Now, thank God, in another part of of Isaiah, when he said he sought for a man and he couldn't find somebody, he says, oh, I'll take care of myself. That's when he decided to, you know, doing Jesus and send Jesus for you and I. Amen? And when when we we take hold of this, it, it just changes our whole perspective. People say we're going to have a prayer meeting and five people show up or ten people. I mean, in our church, we have a lot more, but it's that because we come with an expectancy that we're going to hear and see and know, and we're coming with a purpose. You know, that's the number one thing, too, is you've got to come with a purpose. Most people come with shotgun prayers. I forgot if I just go, God bless me. God do something. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, you know, we get kind of, but if you get God's word on this subject and you get God's word on this subject, things change. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, and listen, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for our nation because we need to stay the judgment in the hand of God. But listen to this. When we're praying and things are getting worse and our prayers are working because it's just showing up all the different things, all things that are going on. And you need to understand, in order for your faith to live, if faith ceases to pray, it ceases to exist. So you've got to always be exercising your faith and you've got to always be believing God. You should be exercising your faith every day for God to show you something and for God to be real, for God to do something and just see God, say, God, do this. Amen. I mean, I just do it all the time. I said, I ask God, I said, Lord, do, do different things. All that. I said, Lord, I need this. To, I need this to do this. Let's go. And, you know, and says, oh, it's just, I don't care. It's funny because well, that's just coincidence. I know, but it happens all the time. So I love that. But the funny thing about it, when I don't ask God and when I don't give him time of day, man, what a bad day. I hit every red light. I get behind trucks, tractors, you know. I mean, I've been, if I'm in a hurry, it's like, oh, oh my gosh. But if I pray and say, God, I need to, you know, you know, I usually try to make have plenty of time. But if there's just certain things beyond my, I say, Lord, I need you to help me. And you know, he does it every time. Every time. I, I like that. But when I don't, and I don't do it all the time, I don't think about it, I don't do it. And then I'm thinking, I mean, why, did, why didn't I ask him? You know, see, we don't ask him until we're standing behind the truck. Or the tractor or the trailer. Or whatever it is, we're now we're like, oh, oh, oh God, we don't, we don't, we don't ask him until we're right in the middle of trouble. Well, God, now you need to deliver me. And it's like, and, and if you'd asked God to order your steps that day, if you said, God, direct my steps, He would have told you to go another way, or He'd have told you don't do this. He would have told you how not to do this. He would have said, and you wouldn't have had to have been in that situation in the first place. Amen. And here's one of the biggest things too. How many of you know you read the Word of God, you exercise, or you share? You say, man, I'm reading my Bible. But if you don't water the word, and prayer waters it. Okay, prayer is what waters the word. It waters the seed. And that's why you're praying over the word. You're like, well, you should just, yeah, you speak the word. 
And you declare the word. But glory to God, you need to pray the word. Hallelujah. Because the word's fruitless if we don't do it in prayer and we don't let God. Because it's our relationship with God. It's us believing that what God said is true. Amen. It is that. It's like, oh, wow, I can take hold of this. This is awesome. You know. And that's the thing about it. If we don't apply the word of God, and really you apply the word of God by you beginning to get understanding, and you follow it, and God can reveal his word. He can open it up even more so and bring life to you. Amen? And that's the joy of it. That's the joy of what we have. That's the joy of what God wants. And, uh, you know, when you fellowship with God, you have some, you know, the key is you have something common with him because you want his word to be made manifest in your life and you want his will to be done on the earth. Amen? Now, let me give you some in the last few minutes here. Let me give you some scriptures and they're they're just basically our prayers for us. Paul prayed these for the churches. So we're going to go through uh, Ephesians and Philippians and Colossians and 1 Thessalonians and, and, and some things here because God said these prayers are for you and I. And these are prayers that we're supposed to do. Amen? Hallelujah. That we're supposed to have. Amen? So, you know, we look at these and I've been praying these prayers for over 40 years and 43 years actually in my life and just praying them constantly for myself. I put my name in it all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, but it's the promises of God because, and I put my name in it. Go to Ephesians chapter one, verse 16. I'm going to read these to you all out of the new King James version. And, um, I've got the old King James right here in front of me, but I, I printed them all off in the new King James just cause it's a little easier. I quote them in the old King James because that's what I learned on. That's what I grew up on. That's what I preached on for all these years. But, you know, I, I went to the new living and I like that too. So it's just, it's just all good. And so Ephesians 1.16 says, going through verse 19, says, do not, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of of his mighty power. Amen. And I always do it like this. I said, God, I'm coming before you in prayer and I'm just taking hold that you, Lord God, and the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, would give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge, that the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to our desperate who believe. Amen. I, I, I always put my name in there and I've always have put it. But here's another thing that I've done. I've always put people's name in there. If there are people that are struggling, they just can't seem to get it. They just can't seem to grab a hold of things. And they need to and they want to and they're Christian. Now you pray these for Christians. You don't pray these for sinners. This is for the body of Christ. This is for the family of God. I put them in there and I pray them. I take some time. Say, Lord, I just pray for so-and-so. I pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, I pray for so-and-so's eyes to be, and their understanding. Let them be enlightened, let, that they can know what is the hope of their calling and what are the riches of your glory for, for them in your inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards so-and-so? They need to know your power right now. Amen? 
I do that a lot. Go over to the third chapter of uh, of Ephesians chapter 3. You know, and, and this is a different, I pray this when I know somebody needs to be strengthened. See, when somebody's not grasping, they, they just can't understand part of the word of God. They're just not getting things. Then I pray that prayer. But here's another where people just need strength of spirit. They just, God, we need to strengthen them. They need strength right now. They just The Bible says it's the strong spirit of the man that sustains them in, in trouble and in bodily pain. So if there's trouble, if there's things going on, and I know, I said, Lord, they, they just, they need strength of spirit. They need to make it through here. You know, the Bible says if you're not saved, you, you know, if they're having all this stuff, you're supposed to get them drunk. But in the Christian side of it, hallelujah, you pray that their spirit gets strong, okay? Hallelujah. We see that in, in, in Ephesians chapter 5. So look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. It says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Praise God. To be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. Hallelujah. You know, glory to God. That you being rooted and grounded in love. And be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ with passes knowledge. And that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. According to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen and I put their name in there and I bow my knees and I pray God do this God let them be rooted in ground let your love just strengthen let them comprehend that the, the, the width of your love the length of your love the depth of your the height of, let them know that love of Christ that passes knowledge fill them with your fullness God amen Hallelujah. Now go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9 to 11. In the King James Version and in the New King James Version, it says a few different things. But in my King James Version of it, it says this. And I'll go over to this one because I like this one. I pray this one a lot for a lot of you folks. Hallelujah. Because when you keep banging your heads and you're too stubborn to learn something different, I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to help them. Amen. This is what I pray for people who don't want to change. I help them. Say, help them, Lord. Help them. Okay. You got to help them. All right. Look at verse 9. It says, And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. And Lord, let, let them get that knowledge and judgment. And look at verse 10. That they, or that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Because people get offended all the time because they get mad when people come against them or say that they're not doing it or that they disagree with them. But see, I got a little five by the word that says uh, I, the things that are excellent. And I also have a number four by the word approve. And I'm going to read it to you what it actually says in the Greek according to these things here. It says, Lord, that they may try, hallelujah, that's the word approve, that they may try things that are different. That they may be sincere without offense to the day of Christ. Father, their eyes are blinded. The God of this world has blinded their eyes, so I'm believing this. But God, I pray that, you know, their love will bound. I pray that they would be more and more in knowledge and in all judgment with you. That I pray that they may try things that are different. So that they may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Amen. And I pray that for myself all the time. I said, Lord, if I need to see something different, I need to see this situation different. If I need to see this, then you help me. Because I don't want to be offended. Am I not seeing it right? Amen. Because you notice he said that you may be sincere and without offense 
until the day of Christ. That means until Jesus comes. So we can be with that. Paul said, I have a conscience void of offense. I don't get offended. Even because you have to take offense. But I'm just saying. So that, that helps me immensely to do that. Now go to Colossians chapter 1. Go to Colossians chapter 1. This is one of my favorite ones that I pray. And it's a little longer. This is 9 through 14. But this is, he really comes in. Because this is where, you know, the power of darkness comes in. Some people can get so bombarded. They can let the enemy defeat them and beat them. And then the enemy comes in and he, and he, and he puts in a stronghold. And he gets, he gets them to lie to think about things. And think this is about them. And he gets them to think things. And it's wrong. And I just pray. I just pray. I found out that if I pray, it does a whole lot better than if I complain. And I found out if I pray and let the Holy Spirit fix it, it's better than me fixing it. Amen. So verse 9 in Colossians chapter 1 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Man, people need wisdom and spiritual understanding so much. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. Wow. See, if you increase in the knowledge of God, you're going to get strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us uh, hallelujah, uh, into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See, God's heart, God's desire in this is that, man, that we can get them set free, get them delivered from, from all of the power of darkness because there is an enemy arrayed against. The devil loves to beat you up. He loves to bring accusations. He loves to bring condemnation because if he can do that, he defeats your prayer life totally. If you don't feel like you deserve to be heard from God, if you don't feel like God's going to hear your prayers, then you're in trouble. Amen? Hallelujah. All right, let's do one more real quickly here. Go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. God said this. He said, and in verse, verse 11 and 12. Sorry, 2 Thessalonians chapter verses 11 and 12. He said, therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and his work of faith with power. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) You know, power that the name of the Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He declared, he said, listen, wherefore also, he said, we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling, of the calling that you have, and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. Man, don't you want God's goodness? All the good pleasure of his goodness, and the work of faith with power, that the name of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, Christ, may be glorified in you. That's what we want. We want him to be glorified in us, and that you know, in you and you in him. He, he wants to be in you, but you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray these prayers a lot. In fact, I have them on a white piece of paper and I have them in there and I pray them. I mean, I have 
like they're stuck on different things and I have pieces of paper that I pull out. I do this all the time because I need to be strengthened all the time. And I pray them for myself and then I, okay, I say, Lord, who do I need to pray this for today or who is it, you know, and then when I get old people, I pray what I know. Then when I don't know, I pray in the spirit, pray in other tongues, hallelujah, because the Holy Spirit says he'll help me and then he'll, he'll direct me. Many times I pray in the Holy Ghost, he'll say, you need to pray this prayer for this person. They need, they need to have their eyes opened. And their eyes enlightened. And that's the Ephesians chapter 1. He said, you need to pray this for this. They need to be strengthened. They need to know my love. So you pray Ephesians chapter 3, you know, of what's going on there. Then he says, you know what? They keep doing the same thing. They need to try something different. You need to pray the Philippians prayer for them. Show them they're going to be able to try something different. I'm seeing things different. Thank you, Jesus. There is a God. Hallelujah. Now, I don't tell them I'm praying. I never tell any of you I'm praying that for you. You get mad at me. You get me like... Pat, you don't have to pray that for me. I know everything. I know that. That's why I don't pray for you that way. I just pray silently for you. I pray, actually, I pray very loud for you. I pray the Philippians prayer for a lot of folk. That's what I said. Because once you start hearing things and knowing things, then it'll help you. Amen. Paul told Timothy this in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. He said, I desire that men everywhere, or that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting, which means that we need to pray everywhere and at all times. He also told the church at Thessalonica, he said, pray without ceasing. How do you pray without ceasing? You just continually keep an attitude of prayer. That if God says, hey, I need you to go over here, I need you to do this, I need you to do that, you know, you're ready to do it. And see, it's not a drudgery. God, the creator of the universe, wants you to talk to him because he wants to do something through you for somebody else or he wants to do something for you and you call, you think it's a pain he sent his son he died for you he means he everything and he wants to show himself strong and then we go up god we're praying for revival i want to see miracles and then god wants you to wake you up and pray for somebody and you're like i'm too tired god it's not right <laughs> can't be doing this you know most of the time you wake up and you say, get thee behind me, Satan. I need to roll over here. So they're checking out. Amen. Hallelujah. We can close on that. That's a good one there. We don't want to get everybody mad at us here. Now, God's heart, our prayers, but our prayers avail much. Our prayers avail much. And we need to know that it's all about our relationship with him because he needs us. He does. Because, well, God doesn't even, yes, he does. He needs us to get an operation of what he wants to do in the earth. John Wesley said this, and everybody didn't understand, and, but when you, when you take, dig into the word of God, and uh, John Wesley said, it seems that God can do nothing for humanity unless somebody asks him. Other people said, you know, you read about it, well, why this is we don't know. Well, we should know. Well, we know that Adam sold out to the devil, so Satan became the god of this world, so he blinded. So God can't just come down and do things. Even though he sent Jesus, Jesus defeated him. Satan's lease hasn't run out. So we have to, and, God, and Jesus turned around and gave the church authority. So we have to take authority over the enemy. Because he has a right to be here in the sense, but we have a better right to be here. Hallelujah. And we have the power and authority over. He's under our feet, the Bible says. So we can defeat him. But if we don't ask, if we don't talk, and if we don't pray, and we don't get God on the scene, it's not going to happen. That's why God has to work with us. Lillian B. Yeoman, who was a medical doctor that got healed and wrote a bunch of healing books back at the turn of the century, said this, that God has tied himself irrevocably to the to us in order to get his miracles and ministry 
in operation in the earth. And he's tied himself to it because why? Because he wants to show the devil and the world how great he is through you and I. That's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, where Paul said that. Paul said, for this purpose, that this manifest is for this purpose, so that, I, that he might show the manifold wisdom of God to the world and to the principalities through the church. He wants to show that, you and I. Amen? So that's where prayer comes. And man, we begin to pray. And, and if it, your prayers doesn't seem like they're answering, then you just keep praying it. You pray it down. You pray it out, and let's keep praying it through. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. And Lord, thank you for these wonderful folks that are here. And and I just thank you, Father. I, I just shared my heart. I just shared what you put on my heart tonight for this message, for this hour. Hallelujah, for what we need. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for your amazing grace on our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. And if those of you on YouTube watching this or on our website, praise God. Love you guys. Glad you tuned in. Amen.